The following program is intended for mature audiences. Warmest aloha, sir. Hey, Holly. Hi. Holly to you, too. He's so Holly, he doesn't even know he's Holly. I'm tempted to say menehune. Like Hawaiian leprechauns. <laughs> or chipmunks or something. What's wrong with that turtle? He has lung problems because he smoked too much turtle weed, which is bad for you, right, Ola? Hawaii has a big future. I, I, I want to become a part of it. I know every angel of these islands. I'm like a good tourist guy. What we're about to say. See, we're on a mission. Trying to find a way. If you and me make a guarantee to spread a Strong! 
How's it and welcome to Living the Aloha Life, podcasting Pono in the 808. I'm the Poe Man. And I'm Dr. Aloha. And we just came into the intro song, We Chanting, by Keala Mauloa Elkon. Now, today we're going to be listening to some of Justin's, Justin Farah's favorite songs uh, that he loves. And the thing about these songs is they're kind of controversial. They are. First of all, who's Justin? We're going to get into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to get into that in the second half. Uh, Justin Farah is a good friend of mine that used to live out here on Oahu. He is from the Big Island. He's lived all over the world, uh, even New York. And um, we'll discuss. He is a tattoo artist, a traditional tattoo artist. He was an apprentice for a long time under a master in Tahiti. And he's going to be a big part of the second half of the podcast. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of like a big thing. So, Justin, <laughs> he's Hawaiian, yeah? He is, geez, so... We'll he's get, a mix. We'll get into that. Yeah. Hawaiian, Fijian, Samoan, and Hawaiian. That's a cool mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so these songs are controversial in the thing that he has chosen to pick them for the podcast, but they're really about, and I kind of... After listening to them, I was kind of like saying, this is perfect for this episode. Because, you know, obviously the majority of the people that listen to this podcast and are patrons in this podcast are going to be from other places around the world and from the mainland of the United States. And more than likely are not going to be of Polynesian descent. Right. So considered what, you know, Justin would call them or most people would call them, they're either going to be called foreigners or they're going to be called Holly. Now, Holly does not mean you're just going to be white. It could be just that you're a foreigner. Mm -hmm. So I think he's taking that perspective because he is Polynesian. He has a lot of songs here about the confrontations between the Europeans, Americans that had taken over Polynesia and had changed their ways because you have to understand that tattooing was outlawed. Once the Europeans and once, you know, Christianity came across the and South we'll, Pacific. we'll get into all of that in more yeah, detail yeah, a little so bit later. But listen to the songs with deeply, an open mind. And yes, with an open mind open and mind. take a Polynesian perspective the best you can when you listen. Yes, and just because, see what you yeah. think. Don't automatically get upset. Don't get defensive. Just listen. Yeah, because it, it's uh, everything that they speak about in these songs that Justin chose to pick is very meaningful to the Hawaiian people and uh, the Kingdom of Hawaii, but also across all of all of the Pacific, everything from New Zealand all the way up to Hawaii and all the South Pacific and islands that come in between because as the Europeans and the Christians crossed over, they outlawed everything. And, and, and the only, and we're going to discuss this, the only group of islands that chose to tell the Europeans and Americans to go to hell was Samoa. They never stopped the art of tatau, which yeah. is the art of tattooing, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Right. Polynesian tatau. Yeah, Samoans. <laughs> Listen, if you want, if you want a particular group of people on your back, man, <laughs> let's let's go with the Samoans. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of going to be what we're going to be discussing today: Polynesian tatau, and it's very sacred, and there's a lot more deeper thing, a lot more deepness, and as we say in the Polynesians, say mana, spiritual energy from from the past from the future from the present 
in a tattoo, and I, I think a lot of people just assume a, t- a tattoo is a tattoo. Right. It's, it's to it's the so Polynesians. Much more. It's so much more here. Yeah, to the Polynesians, it's something you just can't explain. So, you know, Justin will get into the deepness of it, and we'll get into the deepness of it at the beginning of this podcast. And then you kind of have a better understanding when it's all together between the music and between how this is the process is done, that you'll have a higher and a higher respect and a more understanding for Polynesian culture, and why or not it's respectful to get one if you're not Polynesian, or just decide that you know what, let's leave that to that culture, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll get one from my culture. But either way, there's a fifty-fifty on who say it's okay and who say it's not. So that's the thing. That's it's, the thing. It's really going to depend on who you ask. Yeah, and it really, honest to God, it's going to depend on if they if they decide it for you. It's not you're going to be your decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into all that. So let's get into some of the, a couple of little news issues first before we actually get into. Um, you know, Polynesian Tatao. The first thing is here in Hawaii, uh, obviously we know from the mainland, uh, no masks inside or outside. CDC guidance. Yeah. If you're vaccinated. If you're vaccinated. But for Hawaii, nope. Ige did not agree. So Hawaii still has a mask mandate. Just be aware if you're traveling here. What's going on with that? Because it's like it's like it's so confusing for the it's vacationers. It's so confusing. I've already had a couple of tours coming from um, Miami and places where they haven't had mask mandates for a very long time. Right. And they're assuming, you know, they come here, they don't have to wear masks. So it's very confusing. And, and I'm not surprised by Ige. He, he, he's been screwing this up from the beginning. But, like, what do you do? Do you decide your state? I think there's only one one or two states that how many states are there deciding that they're going to keep the mask mandates do you know i didn't i didn't know there were other well states we're doing one of them it. yeah we're one of I them i just know us yeah yeah so so we still have to wear our mask guys i guess if you come on a tour of me and you've been vaccinated and you can prove you've been vaccinated i guess when you step outside the vehicle i don't have an issue with not wearing masks but while you're still inside the vehicle i think it's highly suggested that you do well and aside from that they're still ticketing if they see you're not wearing masks so yeah <sighs> I know. you need to <laughs> I, well okay so that's the deal in hawaii yeah you'll get ticketed yeah they've given out so many tickets here in hawaii so just so you guys know the mask mandate is staying in hawaii until the governor decides that it's not even though the rest of the country is does i don't <laughs> Sorry, know man. i don't know what's going on with hawaii <laughs> Okay, so we have finally gotten Boston Mike his dream Hawaiian plantation cottage overlooking the three peaks of Olamana and Mauna Willie on a lush tropical gated estate. So awesome. This oh my place, God. The views are just insanely gorgeous of Olamana. It is amazing. And you know, I went down there, I talked to the realtor agent for an hour and there was there was a line out the door there was 10 other groups of people interested in this property and honestly just, mike i don't know how the fuck you got this and that was just one day <laughs> one i'm sure day. there were other showings as well yeah i don't know what it was maybe maybe it was you know I don't know what it was. What I think happened. it was a little. I thought it was the Tinder, the yeah. Tinder, <laughs> the Tinder profile you put together, dude. Aww. So, so listen, everybody. So Mike was. Now she said this too. The real estate. Mike is the first one that put like a Tinder. Not it, like Tinder. A, no, I, I'm joking. I'm joking. Put like a like an autobiography together. A profile. A profile. Yeah. And and she said. I think that she just loved the fact that he did that, which it, is so crazy, right? It was super personal. Even though he couldn't be there in person, it made it personal It made to it her. personal. Yeah. yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. And he was kind of winking in the photo. <laughs> so it kind of, you know, he's kind of... <laughs> 
I'm happy for you, Mike. Seriously, oh. awesome, awesome place. Awesome views. Yeah, this place is incredible. I mean, wait till everybody sees his place. He's going to be posting pitches. He's going to, you know, he's going to be in love with this place. Uh, we're hopefully going to get the keys soon and everything so we can get in there, get him, get him like some sheets we'll, and some we'll stuff. We'll leave him a little housewarming present yeah, too. Yeah, and get the place all set for him before he shows up and... Um, Congratulations, Mike. Now he now the craziest thing is I was looking for places, but he sent me this, and this is one of the places that he, that I had looked for yep. you a long yeah, time yeah, yeah. ago. We shared that story. I and think this last is a, this, time. yeah, this is amazing. So yeah. you so now Mike ends up getting it, and the place is gorgeous. Yeah, it's on an estate with like a tropical rainforest. I know it's gorgeous, yeah. but I'm so in love with my place. So this worked out great that Mike ends up getting this one. And yeah, and Mike's only ten minutes from you. Yeah, up I know. The street. I love it. I love oh, it. And Mike, hey Mike, just FYI, when you look out your window and you see those three peaks of Olamana. Mark and I climbed the first peak a few weekends ago. <laughs> oh, now Mike is gonna. You're gonna. Mike's, you're gonna have to bring Mike to climb it now. Right. Right on. Right on. Okay, so that's pretty much it. That we're not going to go into f- any more further because we have a lot to talk about when it comes to Polynesian Tatao. So Amanda's going to take over. We're going to get into it. Also, we're going to try to do the best we can with the pronunciations because once again, everything everything revolving around. Polynesia and Hawaiian yeah. culture is about respect and about understanding the language and being able to pronounce it correctly. So we apologize if we do mispronounce anything. Yes, here. we'll do the best we can. I think we're going to do a damn good job. Um, but you know, we're not Polynesians. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about that. We, 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 you just finished a class. I took two, but it's Hawaiian. I know it's, it's still yeah. Hawaiian. Yeah. How did that go? The class. Yeah. Hey, I've been telling everybody all okay. along. I'm terrible at it, but I really enjoy it very much. Good. I enjoyed it. Good. Okay, so let's get into this Polynesian Tatao. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Tatao is a Samoan and Tahitian word, and the meaning of the Tatao depends on a number of factors. Many things in Polynesian language don't have one meaning. So, for example, with Tatao, in regards to two people, this would start with the understanding and end goal of what wishes to be told in one story and the meaning and perspective of the person who shares it with the practitioner. This begins a dialogue and journey in communication and consultation of the tatao. Okay, so now what we're really talking about in this area is it's the process of getting the tatao. It's the process of the practitioner, the, uh, the tattoo artist, which by the way, um, come to find out, after talking to Justin and everything, he does not he does not enjoy or does not like to be called a tattooed artist. And I've been reading it in other areas, they don't either. They like to be called a practitioner of, of that particular field, you know what I mean? It makes sense because tattoo artists, it almost sounds degrading when they do so much more. It's so spiritual to them. Isn't that crazy though, how, yeah. how that makes a tattoo artist feel though? I know, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, when you yeah. are a tattoo artist, you're an artist. Yeah, and so it's this very is different. different. Yeah. yeah, this is more like a religious ceremony so that's why they would prefer to be called a practitioner and when you sit down and you have a consultation with another person it's the practitioner and the one who's getting the 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 work done that it's a very bonding moment and uh, that's kind of what we're talking about right now yeah yeah although most wish to know the literal definition of the word tatao outside polynesia for polynesian culture it means so much more that it would be disrespectful to just say tatao means to mark or to tap and the tapping sound of the tools used during tattooing has a significant resonance and vibration behind the word tattoo. 
The sound alone is the culture of the past, present, and future of one's people. Yeah, I was reading about here too is the fact that when you hear the tapping, let's say in a room over or whoever's in the room, you are living in the past, the present, and the future of your culture because that is a tapping that has been heard for 3,000 years. So when finally a culture has brought that tapping back, you're reliving your culture because it was outlawed for so long and people forgot about it. Mm. So just to hear this tapping, you know, in the background means, you know, your culture's alive again. Yeah. So yeah. It's, 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 this is how important it is to them. It is important. And you need to think, I mean, it's more than just ta to tell, but so many things of the Hawaiian and or Polynesian culture had become illegal yeah. when Europeans came over. And I mean, the Hawaiian language in general became illegal at some point. Yeah, so catch this, for the, for the, for, for when the Europeans came over, that, that allowed it to get to the Christians eventually. Yes. And then the Christians outlawed it. Now, believe it or not, when I was reading about Captain Cook, when Captain Cook came across the South Pacific, uh, shipmates of his got to Taos. Did they? And now that's interesting. Yes, and they brought it back to Europe. And then once Europe saw it for the first time, they're like, I want one of those. Wow. And then became the first group of people who got to Taos. They were sailors. And that makes sense because we see all those sailing tattoos of like the hooks but, and yes, the, the anchors yes. and the then the hawaiian ones which which was was the hula girls and yep. all these old classics from the 40s and from the 20s to 40s tattoos that eventually came up it was from captain cook's people that ended up getting the tattoos they spread it that way because it wasn't spread by polynesia yet That's so they so spread it first now this is even the more interesting thing these were all haoles so right, even right. back then, Polynesians were giving Howleys to Taos. That's really interesting. So was it okay? If it was okay by those practitioners back then, then of course it would have been still okay today. But a lot of things have changed, right? I think then wow. it was more of an invitation, become a part of our culture. Now it was, you've destroyed our culture. Exactly. We're not going to give you that honor. Things have changed yeah. since then, Yeah, so there's sure. a different different way you look at it. And you know, just to go off second for one or off tangent for one more second and yeah. then I'll bring it back. Yeah. Um, I learned so much in my Hawaiian class about the culture that I didn't know. I mean, in general, when the European missionaries came over, the, a lot of, there were a lot of negative consequences. Mm. But one thing that was really positive that I didn't know, Hawaiians were illiterate, meaning everything was passed down by word of mouth, which you know, everything. In the tatao. But they didn't know how to write. The missionaries mm -hmm. taught them to write. Yeah. Did you know that? And they no. learned it. The Wyatts, they were so bright. They learned it. They picked it up so quickly. They became literate extremely quickly. Yeah. So the... So the, that was like one positive that I didn't know. Yeah. So I wasn't... I didn't know much about that. But I do know that their language was written through the Tataos. That's how they passed on their, their stories. A lot of their stories. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, obviously, and eventually, once they learned the language, then... Um, I'm not sure if it was before or after, but the um, the hula and all those things. 
you know, what was it called? The melee? Mm -hmm. The melee the and melee, the dance? Yeah, yeah so cute. eventually that's how the language is spread too. Right, right. But, but, it, but it was passed through the Tatao. But see, then when Hawaiian language became illegal, the meles and everything kind of like eventually died out, you know? Yeah. And how much of the culture was lost during that time because everything was passed down by word of mouth. There was a huge amount and the other ways that they kind of moved their culture along was through petroglyphs and those types of things as right, well right. so there's lots of different ways they did get their link you know whatever through images and a lot of those images they use in the uh the uh petroglyphs they used in their tatas so it's just interesting how the language moved along yeah so that was just yeah. a little side note but cool. let's get back on track all right, now. right do you know where you are <laughs> yeah okay the actual meaning of Tatao is hard to grasp without knowing its deep-rooted past in Polynesians' history and culture over the last 3,000 years. For Polynesians, the Tatao is not only highly sacred, but an integral part of the Polynesian culture, a time-honored tradition rooted in the mana or spiritual energy of oneself and their ancestors before them. It is a powerful expression of courage and pride, a spiritual awakening, the signature and mark of the soul. It is a monumental story built on a temple that is of flesh and bone. That's deep. That is really deep. That's deep stuff. Polynesian migration shows that the culture and language of Polynesian people stemmed from the Samoa and Tonga region then grew as people spread out across the South Pacific toward Tahiti, Fiji, Marquesas, and Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Although Tahiti and Tonga practiced the art of Tatao, Samoa was the only Polynesian culture to continually practice Tatao prior to, during, and after European contact. Once Christianity reached the South Pacific, it was outlawed. Yeah, However, Samoa persisted forward, even as those who continued the art had been punished and imprisoned. That's isn't that ridiculous? It's crazy, but it's impressive too. This is what happened also to the Hawaiians when they continued to surf, continued to do hula, and played the ukulele was evil. It's so sad, but it's impressive to me those who persevered. Yes, it really yeah. is. It was said that those who prosecuted the Polynesians for their history would never receive their own. Hence, why there is so much controversy by some as to who can and who cannot receive the mark. So there you go. There's a controversy that we keep mentioning. Yeah, because they were saying that, you know, the, the those who removed the ability for them to put their history on the bodies of Polynesians will never get the mark so why should they get it now yeah after they did all of this <laughs> isn't damage. that funny that we just talked about that yep. and and yeah i just talked about that and it's that's interesting so yeah so that's what started the controversy before then there was no controversy right in the in, in the polynesians seemed to not have mind giving them to towels right they were sharing their culture and they probably appreciated that yeah before everything yeah. happened but, but so now that's a controversy because it was taken away from them so now they're saying well then you shouldn't get them now right. that we brought them back because right. you stopped it in the first place yeah exactly makes sense all right the maori of new zealand however have actually made two forms of tatau the maori's tatau are called moko to ensure who can and can't get this moko, they have simplified it by dividing the moko into two main branches. This is tough, the second name. Okay. <laughs> Tom Moko and Curry Tuhi. That's pretty close. Yeah, that's How do you the say way it? I, that, that, 
I, I, that's the way I would say it. It's either Kiri Tuhi or what you said. Kiri. Yeah, it'd be Kiri Tuhi. Yeah, yeah. Kiri Tuhi. Oh, Kiri Tuhi. There you go. But I think that's just your Boston <laughs> accent. I think it's Tiri. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tomoko is for those of Maori blood and descent, while Kiri Tuhi is for those of non-Maori heritage. Both tell a story, the story of the person wearing the tattoo heritage and culture. That's a great idea. So that's really interesting. Isn't that a great way just to like not have to deal with the bullshit? I wonder why they're the only ones doing this. I don't know, but so they're the, the, the Maori, although other Polynesian cultures, even the Hawaiians do facial tattooing, the Maori are known for the full-blown facial tattoos. Right. Now... What's crazy about that is, yes, now they use ink, but in the old days, they didn't use ink. They carved into your face. Could you imagine? The ultimate pain. Oh. There's no way people could... Sub- I don't know how they did it. I could I never. Don't. And imagine, you're talking about up to three... Th- you know, you're talking about a thousand years ago, whatever it was. I mean, uh, Tatao has been around for, in the in the Polynesian culture, 3,000 years. I'm not really sure when the... The Maori Moko started, but just imagine, it's like taking a knife and cutting into your face all day. Right. I can't imagine that pain. I can't, I I don't think any, I don't think any Holly could deal with that. I'll be (laughs) honest with you. There's no, now I've had tattoos all over my body. I'm covered. I went through, we can talk, I actually, we're not even, I haven't even, we're not even mentioning this in the podcast, but I went through three months of tattooing straight. You did? Yes, oh. I went through three months. It was I don't know your tattoo story. Yeah, it was once a week. Wow. And I, I mean, my bed sheets were just covered in blood every night. That's awful. So it was a horrible experience, but it was a, it was weird because I grew into the pain, which is interesting. And, but I, I honestly could say I would not be able to deal with that. Now? I would not be able to, no, I would not be able to oh. deal with carving into my face gotcha. or yeah, my, yeah, yeah. or my body. No way. No way. No way. Okay, let's get into how a tattoo happens. Okay. In the Polynesian culture, tattoo practitioners are bestowed of the sacred knowledge of tattoo through a strict apprenticeship. The operation of tattoo was often a coming-of-age ritual. It was a long and painful process administered with a range of hand-tapping tools consisting of a comb made from bone or ivory affixed atop a wooden handle that was struck with a mallet to apply the tatao designs on the skin. The individuals who underwent the tatao process, as well as the patterns of the designs, varied across Polynesian cultures. Persons who were tattooed often held significant roles within the village or community. The patterns placed on the bodies reflected their rank, social structure, kinships, and marital status. The words for different aspects of tatao vary across Polynesian languages. In New Zealand, the Maori call it moko, in Samoa and Tahiti it's called tatao, while in Hawaii it's called kakao. Now, yes. why don't we hear that term ever? I honestly don't know. I th- I think because there's not many, I guess you could say practicing priests in Hawaii that do this. Okay. And they obviously use the traditional name of cacao, which sounds very much like chocolate, chocolate <laughs> yeah. uh, except it's with K's. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure, and I, I don't think even m- many people who get tattoos and love tattoos have heard the name of it here. 
And there's only, I think, honest to God, as far as I know, there's only less than five in all of Hawaii that have the ability to do this. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, and I know one of them, I wish I could remember his name, but his face is tattooed. Oh. And half of his half of his face is like his um let's see. Uh I believe his shoots. I believe it's I can't remember if it's his left or his right, but it's like a it's almost all black. His whole eye inside of his face is black. Wow. Then he has the uh shark's teeth going down. And then he was an apprentice to a master and I can't remember his name, but they were talking about I wish I could remember this, I don't want to get this wrong. The left or the right of the body is what gets the most of the of the male tattooing and they get it on their weaker side because every hawaiian has a female and a male side to them oh. so you want to average out your strength on the female side so you get your tattoos on the female side hmm. yeah it was very interesting how interesting. he was how they were going into that so now i don't know if that's the same way they work with all of the polynesian cultures but in hawaii that's the way they decided to do it very it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. All right. All right. Hey, how's it? And welcome to the Aloha Life podcast. You're listening to us because we have great patrons who have joined our Patreon page and have become members of the podcast by supporting and donating to our show. Without our patrons like you, we wouldn't be on the air. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to hear more shows every week, please do take a moment to join us and become a patron of our podcast at patreon.com forward slash living the Aloha Life. And thank you so much for your support. Okay, we are back. All right. Let's talk about Tatao and the deeper significance to one's mana. All right. Polynesian culture never believed that Tatao were merely decoration. They believed that Tatao displayed not only their spiritual power, but their families and ancestors, which they referred to as mana. Mana was who they are, where they came from, and those who walked the earth before them. There would be no Tatao without mana. Mana bound the Polynesian culture and its history together. Mana is there to ground you. Mana has no beginning or end. It's always there, but it could be given as well as taken depending on the actions and choices one makes in life. The tatau on one's body was believed to give its holder not only a greater knowledge of the past and lessons learned, but present and the future, as well as additional power and strength of one's ancestors. That's a lot. That is. That's deep. It's just not a tattoo. I mean, can you imagine, what do you want for a tattoo? Um, I don't know. I want Yoda. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like a whole other world when you go into Polynesian. That's why it's it's no joke, and you need to take it very seriously. Because if the one giving it to you is taking it very seriously, this is no joke for you. And I know it's no joke for you, but... You have to put yourself in the right mindset but for getting a tatau. If somebody did not understand all of this history and culture, you're probably to not it, getting it. And they went to um, somebody like Justin. They're like, "Oh, I want a baby Yoda." <laughs> <laughs> what would he do, Justin? What would you do? You would you'd probably say, "Get the fuck out of here." Justin, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Baby Yoda, do you know what I'm doing here?" <laughs> Oh, poor Justin. Oh, gosh. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's get into the natural meaning of mana and its purpose in Tatao. Strength, power, influence, sovereignty, prestige, authority, nobility, stature, presence, elegance, beauty, and more define mana. 
in a precise situation, a particular context from a specific point of view. Mana is a mythical and essential concept in Polynesian culture, a fundamental truth. It's both tangible and intangible, revealing but enigmatic, so natural but also mysterious. Mana lives, animates, raises up, and transcends everything, every being, every element, in every dimension. It can also annihilate, ruin, and destroy until the last vibration. Sheesh, Mana does a lot of stuff. Mana is enchanting, glamorous, fascinating, but also frightening, dangerous, consuming, and lethal. It is the root of the duality of life and death. It is the essence of the universal soul, the heart of the Polynesian universe and Polynesian culture. Mana is purity, mana is wisdom and ancestral knowledge, the state of grace that everything and every being can reach through a spiritual, cultural, and profane quest for the universal mana, the promise to be reborn wiser, purer, and more powerful. Jeez. All this mana invested into the tatao, all these feelings, emotions, thoughts, ideas are taking from an obscured universe and put into a tangible force on the bodies of the people of Polynesia. This is why tatao and the mana invested in the culture is so sacred for the Polynesian people. There is no tatao without mana. There is no mana without tatao. They are forever inseparable. So you guys can see this is very important. Mm -hmm. So mana is a huge part of Tatao and the spiritual energy that flows from the past, the present, the future, the ancestors, just everything that's involved here, the power that goes from the ancestors to you into your body through the practitioner. Um, yeah, so this is, I think what we're trying to get across is that this is not something to be taken lightly. Yeah. This is not something that you just decide, you get drunk one night, come to Hawaii, see a bunch of tattoos and go, oh, I want one of those at the end of the week. No. No, not at no, all. No, absolutely not. And if that's the story that you tell your practitioner, he's going to tell you to get out of his out of his place. And that's it's understandable. It's yeah. totally understandable. Yeah, totally. Okay, let's get into mana and the afterlife. Tatao went far beyond the life of this world. Mana and the tatao put on the body was eternal after death. One's mana written in the tatao was forever. This unalterable work inscribed on their skin would live on after crossing over. It would bear witness to one's origins, rank, and heroism when they were called to appear before not only their ancestors, but the gods of the mythical afterlife. The body may have been gone, but the tatao and its mana continued eternally. Jeez, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> So how about before yeah. we go to middle break, you have a fun fact to share. Yeah, so the following are all connected genetically, and the cultures of the Polynesians are as follow. The Maori, the Tongans, the Fijians, the Samoans, the Marquesians, the Tahitians, the Hawaiians, the Dayuians, the Rapa Nui Islanders, and Cook Islanders. Although all Polynesian languages are slightly different, there are two words in Polynesia that remain the same and have transcended across the entire Pacific Islands. Moana, meaning ocean. Mana, meaning spiritual energy force. That's really interesting. So those two words. All Moana those, and mana. Yes, all those 
islands everywhere from Tahiti to New Zealand everything there those are the words that stuck now I think Maui stuck too believe it or not because mm. Maui was a god right. in South Pacific and worked all its way up to uh, Hawaii but it's significant in saying that the word mana is something that has stuck in every culture in Polynesia yeah. and how important and vital it is and also obviously how important the ocean obviously has been to the Polynesian people Absolutely, because that's what they used to go from one group of islands to the other that's how they maneuvered you know the entire South Seas and that's also what they used to eat you know everything that you can imagine so those words are very important so once again we're just signifying you know bringing up the fact that mana is so important as well yeah absolutely all right okay so we're going to go to middle break is going to be another song from justin <laughs> kapu aloha now, i don't know if you could put those two together kapu uh, and aloha, and aloha. But they're okay. kind of offices now, so, so take a listen yeah so take a listen and it's from the sons of yeshua now yeshua means jesus the oh, sons of jesus interesting yes it's a hawaiian group so huh. let's go listen to Kapu Aloha. Okay, let's All do right. it. We'll be right back. Imua Kanaka Ikumao Maui Kua Ikumao Maui Kua Ikumao Maui Kuhulu Hulu Ikala Navao Ikua Ikula Navao Ikua Ikua Huki Cookie, I'm Mauna, to hear the people's chant. 
right, we are back for the second half. We're going to be going through a bunch of questions from Justin Farah. And now let's get a little bit into the backstory of Justin. Uh, I looked this, I was looking this up. And um, so Justin's middle name is, I wish, I, you know, I still can't pronounce his, his middle name right. Luca Kini? Yeah, okay, yes, Luca Kini. It means just and upright, okay? But do you know what else it means? What? Justin. Really? <laughs> What? <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. I looked it up. And it also means that, but it means just and upright. Wow. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, now, his last name, coming from his father's connection in French Polynesia in Tahiti, his last name, Farah. So that's interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Justin's father was Tahitian and Fijian, his mother, Samoan and Hawaiian. You can't have, I mean, what else is there? That's such a perfect combination. <laughs> His father grew up on the Fijian island of Taviuni. His mother on Hawaii Island. His parents met in Tahiti and married on Big Island and lived there until Justin's father got terminal pancreatic cancer, unfortunately. At which time Justin left Hawaii to move with his father and mother to Taviuni, Fiji, to be caretakers for his father and the village his dad grew up in. After his father passed away, he moved to Morea, Tahiti, and his mother returned to Hawaii Island. Today, they both live on Morea and are in the process of moving to Bali, where it's much cheaper to live. Understandable, <laughs> yeah. Now, Justin surfed down in Bali, so he, he loves Bali, too. And Bali is... It's I mean, beautiful. Bali is a gorgeous it's place. It's gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all these places down there are beautiful, but, you know, when you're talking about how much is Bali, Bali's like as cheap as, you know, like the... Uh, Thailand, places Compared like to that. Tahiti, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper, yeah. yeah. Uh, I met Justin in um, 1980, uh, wait, was it 19, 1997 at a job interview with the Ohana Foundation, which was like the old Rosetta Stone. Um, we, we both were artists, graphic designers, and Justin at the time was a professional surfer. He was surfing for Billabong, and he owned a small tattoo studio in Hilo, uh, but at the time, he wanted to move to Oahu and invest more time in surfing uh, because, he, you know, he competed there in the winter times. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he showed up, we just clicked right away. We were both bald bastards <laughs> and, and, and had tans. <laughs> And we had tattoos, and we had earrings, and it was just kind of like, oh, I think this is going to work out pretty good. <laughs> but uh, I knew right away that he was Polynesia. He had to be he had to be Polynesian. And so for him, the goal was to become a pro surfer and learn traditional poly from a master. That's what we always talked about. Um, but once his dad got ill, he had to take a, you know, he had to make a hard choice between his family and his personal pursuits, and he chose his family. Yeah. That's what happens. It is. You yeah. know, it, it's a very tough, I think, I don't want to say everybody would do that. Like, would they give up their ultimate dream to, you know, their ultimate profession to do this? It's a to tough take decision. care of the family. Yeah. It is a hard decision. But I think most of us, I think everywhere in the world would make the choice that you, know, you got to take yeah. care of your family. Your family comes first. Of course. Now, obviously, against Billabong's wishes, he dropped out of the surfing and moved back to Fiji to be his um, father's caretaker uh, when his when his dad became ill. And I think that's that um, that seemed to affect him, I think. Of course. He talked about, he's like, you know, that I, I'll never become, I'll never be that, what I could have been. Right. He'll never know. He'll never know. And, you know, Billabong dropped him. Yeah. That's tough. That is tough. That's very tough. Uh, so he ended up climbing coconut trees. 
<laughs> and becoming a fisherman for his father's village. That's so awesome, though, in its own way. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Since yeah. then, um, not sure how many years it's been, but he's owned a... Yeah, so he hasn't owned a car, and he's ridden his bike every day to work for 20 minutes, and he listens to our podcast. Yeah, that's when he listens to the podcast on his way to work, right? That's, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, like, that... So, probably one podcast takes him a whole week to get through. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so he hasn't owned a car since Hawaii. Wow. He just rides his bike back and forth and listens to the podcast and listens to his music and goes to work on Morea and, and uh, you know. Simple and beautiful life. If, if Yeah, because even like Tahiti is so much different than Hawaii. Like it's just like small little dirt roads. Yeah. And you just ride your bike and you can get to work you know within a quick amount of time don't have to deal with the oahu traffic jams no no you don't have to deal with that so yeah so anyways um his pursuit of learning the traditional ways of Pali tatao had to wait once his father passed uh he moved to tahiti and there he began learning traditional ways of Pali tatao on the main island of tahiti under a master and then permanently moved to to, to morea to continue his apprenticeship with justin's apprenticeship complete his intentions is to move to Bali where he will continue what he learned in Tahiti and bring his talent to the new home of Bali where he hopes to open a Tatao studio. Well, so I him. wish him the best of luck. He has quite a story. He's quite a story. Yep, yep. Um, so we have a few patrons who had questions for Justin. Now, the um, you know, Justin's listening to this. I have to be careful. <laughs> Don't uh, mess up. <laughs> <laughs> but also the fact that Justin's, um, after looking over Justin's answers to the questions i i wanted to edit some of his answers but i felt it wouldn't be appropriate um because you know like we talk about where you know he, he was speaking his ha his breath of life and to edit it would be like editing parts out of a tattoo you know what i mean mm -hmm. so although i changed some of his wording uh i didn't edit any of his meaning behind it justin can justin is as uh, justin is as bad or worse than me he's very to the point and very abrasive uh so you're worried about offending no i'm not even worried about <clears throat> excuse me i'm not even worried about offending i'm worried about the fact that if you were to sit there and he has a oh man how do i say this he he's like he he would be like someone in the hawaiian sovereignty movement okay. he's oh he's okay he's obviously my friend yeah but he he has this oh how do i say it how resentment he, he had no i don't even know if it's resentment he has this feeling that, like, you you would never understand. I don't want to bother explaining it to you. Oh, I see. Okay. Because you, like, you didn't waste. go through it. He, yeah, you didn't yes. go through it. Your people didn't go through it. You know, you can look around the world and see what happened to Native Americans. You can see all over the world what happened to Hawaiians and Polynesians. I don't have time to tell you how I feel about that. But then there's some people like you who earned his respect and trust, and he will talk to you. Yeah, but it's also because of what we're doing right here, right now. Yeah, this is why okay. he. This is why he's my friend <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he knows that I'm getting it out there. And I says, "Why?" He's like, "Why? Why do you waste your time doing that stuff?" <laughs> and, I, and I go, "No, I go. I'm not wasting my time." He goes, "No, I know, I know. You're doing. You do it. You're, you're a good holly. You do the good thing. You do the good thing because I just don't have that in me to be doing that weight. And uh, you know, I have other things to do." Well, thank you, Justin, yes. for taking the time to answer all these <laughs> questions. We do really appreciate it. Yeah, and he's he's honestly, he, you know, you can see he doesn't, he's not online a lot. He doesn't, he doesn't. No, he, never. He, he's, wish we all could be more like him, where he's just more in nature. 
He's just experiencing life. I love it. Yeah, using That's... tools. Like, he doesn't use computers much. He doesn't use any phones much. Right. He doesn't need to. I mean, he's tapping with bones. I mean, he's doing tattoos <laughs> with know, bones. I know. So, I mean, he doesn't even want to use current equipment. And it's just like, he wants to live in that very special past. And that's good. I love that about him. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jake, this is from Jake. These questions are from Jake. Jake, and this is a patron Jake. Uh, Jake loves traditional Tatao artwork. He always wanted one for himself, but as a holly, he has never felt comfortable getting one without a, getting the blessing of a kapuna or at least a kanaka maoli. Is Jake being overly cautious or appropriately respectful? Justin says, you're getting a blessing when the poly artist accepts to do your tatao. See? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. It will never be your, ch- your choice to get one as a haole. It's completely in the hands of the tatao practitioner. If I feel it's appropriate, it will be, appro- <laughs> it will be appropriate. <laughs> Being appropriately respectful, once again, is not for you to decide. One of the most important concerns you should be... Uh, having and giving is precise answers to the questions that I may ask you as to why you want a tattoo unrelated to your own culture or heritage on your body forever. Easy. That's a great qu- No, but that's important because like you said, you don't just get this on a whim. No. You need to have a good, solid reason yeah. and understanding. Right. If you have no good explanation for that, I won't tattoo you. I and I it. agree with yeah. that completely. Me completely. Too. Me too. Now, if I choose to tattoo you, there is a limit I will go. I will not put a large tatau on you. Many will not accept a very large tatau on a non-poly that covers over 25% or more of the body. A sleeve or one chest and upper arm would be the max. Mana resides within these sim- symbolisms of the tatau. So I would use a mixture of Tahitian, Samoan, and Hawaiian. It best to do a variety so no Pacific group of islanders have issue with you or me. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, too. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's probably right. So if he mixes it up and only does like maybe 5 to 10% of each culture, right. they won't be complaining saying, why does he have a complete Samoan tattoo on him? Yeah, exactly. Or a Hawaiian tattoo? Well, what right does he have to have that? So I can kind of understand. Yeah, I get it. What's good is that uh, clearly uh, Justin has studied the tattooing of those cultures mm-hmm. so he could put a little bit on you each which is fantastic it's pretty awesome yeah yeah um also a howley simply does not have the lineage to receive a tatau larger than that you must understand that if you're a poly of poly ancestry your mother father grandfather grandmother had tatau and that is a part of your generational story and your entire ohana is involved in your tatau being a Howley, you simply don't have the past, in my personal view. Oh, okay. So I think the tattoos is if you come in, you want to represent your family's past, you'll have a little bit of your, your father, your grandfather, your grandmother in the tattoo. Mm-hmm. And that will obviously increase the size of it. Yeah. And then you have your own story. So I can see how a family in Ohana and lineage tattoo could cover your body. Absolutely. Whereas for you, just a holly coming you have, in. You don't have that past. Yeah, you don't have that past. Okay, cool. Yeah, it makes sense. Jake asks, what is the best appropriate way for a holly to get a tatau? Justin says, first the choice must be made if you want a poly tatau in the modern ways with a needle, which more poly artists will be willing to do on hollies, 
or if you want them in the traditional tapping way with traditional tools. I continue to use boar tusk or bone, which is not as not a fun experience. I cannot imagine. <laughs> I refuse to use metal or titanium tools, which many use today in traditional tatao. I just feel I would lose an organic connection if I did. Okay. The traditional way of tatao is twice as painful, twice as expensive, takes twice as long, and I also need an assistant or two to spread your skin for me. I need them to help in the process of making the tools as the tools are made only for you. That's so crazy. You are welcome to take them after completion. This traditional process of acceptance, I would say, is a 50-50 for a haole to be allowed to get a traditional tatao. From my hands to the tools to the ink that is transferred into your skin, it is there that the mana flows and resides. You will put aside an entire day with me after we have an initial consultation beforehand. It is in that consultation and the hearing of your story that I will decide if I will give you a tatao or not. <laughs> Just a word of advice for those interested in traditional tatao, and this goes for polys and haolis. Now, he does, he does refer, references um, Polynesians a lot as polys, right. um, which I hear a lot. Um, I know other artists who feel the same way. If one puts all this mana into learning your story and approves the tatao and entrusts you with their mana and begins the process, but then two hours later, half to, halfway through, you had enough and can't stand it anymore and choose to quit, then that's it. Everyone's mana involved is harmed. So you're taking a risk in hurting other people besides just you if you choose to go for this tattoo and then you wimp out. I think what he's saying is you're taking a risk. He's taking a risk in tattooing a howley. I know. And um, it goes because both ways. Uh, yeah, you have to understand that you might be harming other people. Yeah, it's not just yourself. Yeah, yeah. So don't be selfish. <laughs> Pain isn't so selfish. No, I'm not talking about the pain. I'm oh. saying don't quit for selfish reasons. I know. No, right, right. Yeah. But I imagine they would quit because there's so much pain. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But he's basically saying you're harming other people if yeah. you quit. To many, this failure is the result of being a coward. But that is not the worst part. The worst part is the towel will stay com- incomplete. Your story will never be told. And you will walk the rest of the, your days shaming yourself and your ancestors before you. Wow. Now, I think he's also meaning the fact that, believe it or not, some Polynesians can't handle, handle the pain, and that's what would happen to them. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I have deeply, deeply spoken to women who have had the Malu Tatao, and they are aware how much more dense and larger the men's Pia is, and that it is probably more agonizing than childbirth because the pain stops after birth. The Pia Tatao pain goes on and on and on. They say few men can handle childbirth, so let that sink in. So that's interesting. So the women's Malu Tatao, okay, the Malu Tatao is only Samoan, and the Pia Tatao is only Samoan. What does it mean, though? The women, okay, the Malu Tatao, I've seen it on women, it's much less dense and much more spread out. And they and the women say that's very painful, but I assume the pia is literally you are covered in black ink. There's no space. Oh, it is horrid. It is so painful. And I think a lot of the women's husbands get it and they sit there and hold their hands while they're getting it. And the, the men are crying. Yeah. So I think what they're saying is if the women 
the women obviously know childbirth. Yeah. And they see their husbands going through this. The pain is worse. It's worse. They believe that it's... So for a man to go through this, very few men can do this or handle this. I think what he's overall saying is understand how painful this is before you decide to get it. You may want to just go ahead and get the traditional tattooing, but not the traditional, but get a, a Polynesian tattoo, but get it with a needle. But if you really have this desire to get it the old traditional way, you, I think you just have to be ready to endure to a be in lot hell. of pain. Yeah, you got to be ready to be in hell, and you can't you can't go ahead and say, I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't know. I don't know how. I, I, he doesn't say here how many people um, do that, give up. I imagine, obviously, some people do. Well, clearly, he's had the experience yeah, where people he has. do. Yeah, he has. That must be a horrible experience. Because that's hurting him, too. Yeah, that is awful. I imagine if it hurts his mana, let's say he was to do a holly and it hurts his mana, he, he may really consider not doing another holly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I would I understand. Know. Okay, this is why selecting the right person is so important and why some poly artists won't tattoo howlies. Why? Okay, why would we risk mana for a howly? Mm-hmm. I know of many who will only tattoo a howly if their wife is Polynesian, or if a good friend of the artist vouches for them. Well, that's it. But random howlies will be turned down if the artist is not feeling the mana in the connection with the howly. Wow. Yeah, so if, I get if it, you want to go down to Bali or Tahiti before he leaves, and you want my permission to tell him <laughs> that you can handle it, um, I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> Well, you have to be. <laughs> I have to know someone. I have to know. Yeah, I have to know someone really well too before yeah, I would yeah. give him a voucher. So, yeah, of course. But that's pretty crazy. Okay, we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna wrap up this with Brandon's questions because this is all centered around Brandon in the first place. We yes. wanted to do this podcast, but Brandon really was in deep about this, and me and him went back and forth on emails and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. we're gonna get back into his questions. We'll be right back after this. Sounds good. Quick break. Hawaii is one of the most beautiful places on earth, and 808 Cleanup intends on keeping it that way. The 501c3 environmental nonprofit's main mission is restoring Hawaii's natural beauty for its local community and visitors. 808 Cleanup empowers volunteers to conduct decentralized cleanups through the Adopt a Site campaign, responding to littering and vandalism of Hawaii's natural spaces, tagging and graffiti removal, saving Hawaii's indigenous ecosystem, and building sustainable solutions with local communities and nonprofit partners. If you love Hawaii and wish for its beauty to remain for generations to come, consider donating to a great cause and supporting 808 Cleanup's mission to keep Hawaii clean from Mauka to Makai at 808cleanups.org. All right, we are back. We're going to be ending this off with Brandon's questions. When Justin decides to tattoo someone, how long does he talk to the person before scheduling the session? Justin says, I will have a private consultation at a location of my choice for up to an hour. However, it could last as short as 15 minutes if I sense a feel that the person is not worthy of the tatao. This is a serious event, and it must be taken very religiously and very emotionally. You just don't come to me and say, I was thinking of getting a tattoo a few days ago. I saw someone with a cool design. Oh, no. A tattoo <laughs> is something you have contemplated and meditated on for quite some time, perhaps years, even a decade. You never simply get a tattoo. May you be a Polly or a Howley. So I wonder for Polynesians, like, when is a time that they decide, okay, I'm finally ready to actually do it? 
Well, from what we have, from what I have read and from what we were talking about today, it kind of signs, it kind of signals when you become an adult. So maybe any time after 18, it's going to be under, it's going to be your decision, maybe 16 to 18. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to become your decision when okay. you can get the balls to get ready to do this. Yeah. So I guess you could get one whenever, whenever you're ready. Whenever I guess you're it's ready. Yeah, because I've seen after watching a lot of videos and watching a lot of stuff, there's 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds that are ready. But yeah. they weren't ready until then. I understand. So they've been meditating about it and thinking about it and, and, and just letting it process and, and maybe taking in the power from all their ancestors over decades before they decide that they're they're ready to do this. I mean, if you think about it, it is such a huge decision to decide if you're ready or not because it's not just affecting you, like Justin said. It would affect him. It would affect your ancestors. It would affect yeah. everybody. So you need to be sure. And that's almost a scary decision. It's kind of a lot of pressure. Yeah, I get it. And I think I think maybe because you're Howley, you're disconnected from all that. And it's maybe not as much pressure on you. But Well, yes. And that's the concern, I think. I think that's the concern. Yeah. 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 I think that's what Justin and, and other practitioners are saying is like, there's no, um, what is it where I'm looking for? There's no like negative to it, like for them, I guess. Because it doesn't mean what it means to the Polynesians. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It should be a heavy decision with a lot of pressure attached to it. And for Howley's, it might just be more whimsical. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a big issue. Because from what he's saying, this is more like a religious event. Yeah. Yeah. How long do they typically last? Half day, full day, multiple days? Justin says the process for everyone will be different. But for most, it is a meditative and transcending I have a specific way of preparing myself and my clients. Traditional music is to play live chant from friends and family or recorded. Kava is taken. This is not for everyone. It does numb down the pain of the tatao. Some will say this is a no-no because some consider this pain a part of the entire process of getting a tatao. Wow. Kava is taken by choice. My father would take it before and after when he got t uh, tattooed as I did. We took it as a way to enter a trance to speak to our ancestors during the process of transformation. Not so much as to relieve pain, but if the pain did become unbearable, it would be nice to have our ancestors close by to guide us through it. Mm. So I can understand. Now, I've had kava, you've had kava. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it doesn't it, numb it, you. It would be pretty good to take before and after the... the <laughs> I totally would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, I know from watching videos and from reading about it that... Kava is something that is involved. Singing, kava, and other things are involved in a tatao with the family. I can understand the two sides that he's talking about. Yeah. Like it, you know, maybe some people don't want you to take it because they want you to feel the full pain. And then some take it as more of a... To help you get into that trance. As a dreamy uh, yeah. trance to call your ancestors. That makes sense. The tatao process in its entirety will take half a day, full day, several days, weeks, or months, depending on the size. The artist would also decide on when the tapping stopped. Because I only allow 25% cover for howlies, the process is one to two hours up to a day. Once your tatao is completed, it will be fully broken down and explained to you before it is wrapped up so you fully understand it. I think it's Thank wonderful God, that's great. that he's willing to take the time to do that. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to also be dependent on where it is on your body because you can't see your back. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the only thing he would probably do then, he'd probably hold a mirror. 
Oh, true. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. is something that I did for my back when I got my tattoo. I couldn't see it. Him putting it on, right? Um, so yeah, so he'll he would explain your story. I think like most practitioners would. If it's a place where you can't see it, they'll still be able to show it to you somehow with a mirror or something. Right. So that that's that's pretty good that they're willing to do that, right? My understanding is certain design. Okay, this is another one from Brandon. My understanding is certain designs mean certain things. If that's the case. Are the designs placed in an order that represents the person's story, or does he just start and let his hands move by ancestors? <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> this is the one where I'm laughing mm. at his answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate his honesty. Yeah, friend. yeah, yeah. Your understanding is correct. Certain symbolic designs represent certain things, often representing one's life achievements, major crossroads, genealogy, and rank in the social lineage of one's cultural history. I'm sure you didn't think you were going to get that answer, but um, some of those representations are difficult to represent in a Howley's past and why a consultation is so vital to understand one's own past and culture. Representing that on skin is a different story because foreigners won't have the same symbolic meanings as the Polynesian culture has to their own culture. This makes the process far more tedious and frustrating when doing a Howley to Tao and why simply choose not to do them. I make every attempt to use the best possible symbols and designs to represent the same concepts in other people's cultures as we have in the Polynesian culture. However, under all circumstances, it is kapu to use sacred symbols on a haole. Those are only for Polynesians. Only common symbols may be used on non-Polynesians. Also, it is kapu for one to take a picture of another Polynesian's tattoo and ask to put that tattoo on you just because it looks great. It is not only stealing someone's story and mana, it's pure blasphemy and would get you kicked out of my studio. This if, is wow. really important to understand Wow, did that. you hear that? Yeah, yeah. If you didn't study up on the history of Tatao and the overall sacredness of it, you are not worth my time. I really appreciate oh. I really appreciate his honesty though because again it just goes to show how serious they take this. So if you like the rocks tattoo, you don't ask, you, you for, don't ask it. for the rocks tattoo, you're going to be you're going to get stealing kicked right his, out. Stealing his mana. <laughs> so this is interesting. So each so this I think this is where people don't get it. Polynesian tattoos signify that individual and that individual's family. Right. So if you like that tattoo, don't ever go into a studio and say i want that it's not your story it's not your. that's you're stealing it yeah. from him, and that's you can't do that that you but it, but it, it's like you said it's more than that you're stealing his power yeah so you know so th he's gonna draw whatever he yeah. draws you can't and go, that's yours you can't go in with an idea in mind i guess no. right? yeah yeah you, so you're you're going to talk about your past, yeah. and he's going to do it. <laughs> so that's it. You're stuck with what is your story. Which, that's how it should what, be. Well, why wouldn't it be? Yeah. If you want an authentic one. Yeah. So, you so you know, you have to think outside the box, outside the traditional way that you think of tattoos. And that you're going to get a shape and a size and a tattoo that is for you. It's not Yoda. It's yeah, not exactly. Darth Vader, uh, Chewie hanging out on your back. It's, exactly. And I keep doing the Star Wars references. But um, yeah, it's so, yeah, don't even, you can't even go in there with like, take, you can go in with, I don't know, I, will, I wouldn't even go in there with pictures of other people's tattoos. That's I probably would, a bad idea. I would just answer his questions, yeah, do the yeah, consultation yeah. and let him do his thing. Yeah. Now I, I, I know for a fact that he does draw them. So he'll draw them on the body first because he draws images in general. So yeah. uh, he'll draw, he'll draw the tattoo on your body first. 
and then you'll look at it and you'll say, oh, that looks great. Yeah. Which and, it will. Which it will. Yeah. And then you'll, but at least you know, you're not going to be afraid of just <laughs> like, you know, what is he doing back there? <laughs> God knows what he's putting on me. <laughs> but this is so fascinating. So thank you, Justin, because yeah. this has deepened my understanding so much. Yeah. Yeah. So as for just starting and letting my hands move by my ancestors, <laughs> no, that's not the way I work when putting a tatau on a haole. I wouldn't involve the mana of my poly ancestors to come upon a haole in the process of tattooing. This is solely my direction and my mana alone when working on a foreigner. However, when putting a tatau on a fellow poly, I would indeed meditate and ask for guidance to come into my tools and body by my ancestors. This is the way I choose my path. Hmm. Okay, so that, there you go. Yeah, there That you explains go. it. Now, when it comes to one's story like a polynesian past a haole has a past as well the story must be precise it must be accurate it must be the way it went without deviation no going with the flow or making things up each tap is predetermined because the story is there to follow this isn't some mystical bullshit when tattooing haoles that's my favorite part <laughs> <laughs> the most exciting part of the tatau that i take great pride and joy from is if the Howley's son or daughter one day chooses to get a tatau as well. Part of the story is already written upon the father or mother. If a father and son, etc., came upon me and the father's story has been established, then and only then would I increase the coverage area beyond 25% for the son. Mm. Because his father's story and his own must be told. In time, son upon son, daughter upon daughter, their lineage and the Ohana's mana would be expanded upon the family's descendants. It makes so much sense. Ah, I, I get it now. Are you yeah. getting it now? Yeah. Although not demanded, it would be advised to return with your family to the original Tatao practitioner to continue Yorohana's story. Ah. Makes you so see much that? sense. Yep. So your whole family. So by time, like if you have five or six kids, that last kid may get the whole story. His whole body may be exactly. covered. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the answer is... This is what he says. I think the answer as many patrons may want is, is it okay to get a traditional Polynesian tatau? And to that I say, let the Polynesian decide. Yeah. No, I mean, that's so fair. There you go. It's fair. Yeah, that is fair. That was Justin, awesome. Justin, thank you so much. Okay, so he says, Mahalo Nui Loa Wade for the opportunity to share my thoughts and personal beliefs on tatau and the deep connection to its mana. Please know there are many opinions. Some may not agree with me. Some tatau practitioners may never tattoo a haole because they feel it pulls mana from them and, it dis and it's disrespectful. Others may feel prideful that a haole requests a tatau from them. Some believe you gain more mana. Everyone sees things differently. Fair enough. That's, Fair enough. So there's no right or wrong way to look at it. It just depends on who you go to and if they decide or not. And that's the way it is. Yeah. yeah. No matter what, respect the culture you wish to be a part of and the choices it makes for you. May they give you a tatau or choose not to. The worst they can say is no. In the end, it's not your choice to decide. Mm -hmm. Aloha. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> thank you, Justin. Yes, thank you, Justin. Um, so this is a little short thing I wanted to talk about before we, before we go. And it's completely off subject. But in a way strangely related, um, I wanted to discuss a dream I had. A dream oh, yeah? that was so vivid. I couldn't let it go, and I believed it was real, and I told you about it. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. What the hell was that? Yeah. So I had a dream 
that I was in Samoa. Yep. Now, mind you, I don't know jack shit about Samoa, okay? Not only did I have visions of a particular place, I talked to a particular Samoan person in a soccer. Right. And it was on a soccer field. And next door was this, all these banyan trees connected with these ropes for bridges. And it was so, I was like, I was like, Amanda, I had this dream. You had me look it up. I, oh, I it, Googled it. And what happened? It was a real place. It was a real place. It was crazy. It and was, you had never heard of this place before. I've never heard of this place. I've never seen it before in my life. I dreamed of it. And we still don't know why. I don't know why, but I just wanted to bring it up because I kind of get the feeling, you know, maybe it was a part of my past. Samoa. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it was a part of my future. But I don't know. I can't explain it. And it just makes me think about tattoos and your ancestors and your past and your future and all this in the and connection. Your story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a story. So, like, what was that? What is that? I don't understand it, Justin. Maybe you got an explanation for that shit. But I've never been to Samoa. I've never seen these places. And I was there. And I was talking to a Sam uh, Samoan man. And he had the uh, Pia. T t uh, oh, he tattoo. did. Yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Because the Pia... So when you have your soccer shorts on, the Pia Tatao goes to the knees. So I saw from his from the bottom of his shorts to his knee was covered in it. And for you to remember something so vividly <sighs> is rare. <laughs> is rare. So that was crazy. So I don't know why. I just wanted to bring that up to you guys. I don't know how you may take it, but I just want you to know that I had a dream... And if you've had a dream of something, Polynesian culture, I don't know where you are or what you had. Maybe it was a part of your past. Maybe it's a part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a part of your story. So I just thought that was very, very interesting, intense. Yeah. And when you have such an intense dream and you don't know what it was, but you remember images and places in your dream, look those up quickly yeah. on the computer I did and not see if they exist. I did not expect it to be a real place. I almost <laughs> fell over. <laughs> so it's amazing, amazing. Okay, so thank you all. Thanks to all the amazing patrons who continue to support the show week in, week out. Uh, we really appreciate it. And this is what allows free shows like this to come out and educate and help people who either want to move to Hawaii, be a part of Hawaii, vacation to Hawaii, or just have some connection to Hawaii if you're on the mainland or anywhere else in the world. Yes. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be doing a really fun one. It's going to be a patrons only, but it's going to be Elvis and Blue Hawaii. So we're kind of excited about that. I can't wait. This will be super yeah, fun. Yeah. We're going to go over Elvis's love for Hawaii. We're going to go over his music in Hawaii and the movies he made here. Wonderful. So it's going to be really fun. It's not going to be as deep and you know raw as this one because this one's <laughs> this one was pretty emotional it's pretty yeah yeah we wanted to make sure we got everything right on this and we also got justin's story down and his you know his answers and questions and yes. things like that so okay so the last song we're going to be listening to now this is a has been left for last has <laughs> been left for last <laughs> because uh, yeah yeah i didn't he just gave me the songs i didn't know where to put them i had to listen to them first oh yeah yeah this is probably the most controversial one but again listen to the lyrics yes. take a polynesian perspective and have an open mind yes and it is called now justin is american right mm -hmm. but he doesn't kid and consider himself an american and this song is called i am not american and it's kahi kenna scanulan 
So let's go listen to this song. It's a deep song. This is the way we're going to end the podcast. Now, once you've listened to everything about how the Polynesians think, how they believe in mana, how they have the Tatao set up, listen to these three songs that we're playing, and you'll understand. Yeah. You'll understand. I hope you do. I hope you can understand. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to end this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Shoot. Okay, everyone. Aloha. See you next week. Circle down, destroying our sacred ground. Who are these people trying to gentrify our aina from Mocha to Makai? Just like invasives, yes, they will multiply. Driving in Hawaii while we barely scrape by. What settlers trying to circle, circle down while our people are sleeping on the cold ground? Who are these people living from June to July? What a we be living in tents and why or not? Where is it now? Where did it go? Where has it gone? I wanna know. Where is it now? Where did it go? It's not America, and now you know. Let me see. Tell me where it's gone. Where is your treaty? Everything you own, you must have receipts. Without jurisdiction, please release me, officer, release me. Release me freely to the lands I have been promised. To peaks of mountains, onto leaves upon the forest. Through streams in valleys and through reefs of the ocean. My paperwork is here, but were you ever looking for it? Where is it now? Where did it go? Where has it gone? I wanna know. Where is it now? Hawaii. 
When you speak of Allah, it's all the above, the, all the good, yeah? So that is a right way range, Aloha. Whether it's Pono, Mikai, still the same. I don't care how you look at it, it's still Aloha. Be Pono, be righteous.
And I wanna take it higher. I wanna get high with a little aloha. I can touch the sky.